Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. That don't need to be said. Something that'll actually get us canceled. <laughs> yeah, for real, bro. <laughs> yeah, great. All right, right Jake, go ahead. All right, all right. It didn't show Yes, up. we are. Uh, welcome back to another uh, Wisco Fanatics Friday night episode. Uh, another episode with the draft series. Today is linebackers and running backs. We have a full room today. Simon uh, got some downtime uh, after driving for hours and hours and days on end. So, Simon, how you doing, buddy? Tired. So much driving. I've, like, I like yesterday, like, Dude, it, like driving through like Colorado and Utah and California, Washington, um, Oregon, like it's it's gorgeous. Never again. I'm so tired of fucking driving. Man. I saw 30 <laughs> hours to go. Are you in Canada I'm just, yet? I'm so tired of it. And yeah, I just I just crossed the border, so everything's weird here and the, super dumb expensive. I like uh, I like how it went from. Dude, that, is it bad? So beautiful and. Yeah, uh, you're you're fine. You're fine. We'll we'll skip around you. Um, <laughs> but uh, I like how you're like, oh, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. I love it. It was a great drive, and I'll never do it again because it was long and boring, and I hated it. <laughs> Dude, it's yeah, it's 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 bad, man. And everything up here is just dumb expensive. Like you think inflation is bad in the United States, Ugh. in the West Coast, just gas gas yeah. is like. It was like five twenty five in like Southern California. I'm just like, fuck, dude. And it, in Texas, like when I left Texas, it was like two seventy. I was like, oh my god, <laughs> makes sense. Yeah, <laughs> it, it's cheap as fuck. But yeah, I I, and I gotta fill up tomorrow morning. But they have a yeah, it's they have a, what is it Hortons Donuts or whatever. Tim Hortons. Yeah, yeah Tim Hortons. That's it. Yeah. And then just living like off of years. our diet of donuts, <laughs> dude. <laughs> like, Canada, yeah. Donuts. Tim Hortons, legit, man. What's the Putin? Is that what dude, oh, that's the other thing. I went to Putin. I went to Putin. Putin, Putin no. is the Russia guy. Yeah. Well, I, I went to that. McDonald's, and as a side, instead of fries, you can order poutine. <laughs> <laughs> you can order what? You can order poutine as like a side instead of like regular fries. 
Mm-hmm. Jake, what do you think poutine is? Poutine? I don't know what that is, but it's <laughs> oh, you know, it's it's just like gravy on top of fries, dude. It's like a Canadian. <laughs> I wanted him to guess because he looked very confused. I was like, never, I what thought is that was that? like a thing in Wisconsin too. Uh, no, we are not Little Canada in the United States. Yes. No, I'll tell, you this. I'll tell you this. Dude, it's, people, I'm people telling like you, that's a thing. I'm not a big cheese guy, and I'm not a big beer drinking guy. So, like, I'm weird here. I don't know why. I forgot to. Were we gonna? Do you have beer, Jake? I forgot. We old, we old, we old whiskey ball guy up a David Gruber challenge. I might have one up in the fridge, and if you want me to go up there and look, that's up to you. Otherwise, we can do it Wednesday. We just keep putting it off. We only want eventually. Brian knew exactly where we're going. <laughs> Dude, I'm I not getting good. <laughs> Immediately said that. I was like, hold on. He's like, I'm going to Canada, bro. <laughs> like, hell yeah. Hey. <laughs> they eat that shit for breakfast? <laughs> I love Canada. Let's do this thing. <laughs> I, heard, I heard Jake wants to go to BYU. Yeah, yeah okay. Yeah, I heard the rumors about that place. I heard they have crazy earthquakes. Yeah. <laughs> well, you're soaking in the hot tub. Yeah, yeah that too. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what's up, Greg? So the t- topics today are going to be linebackers and running backs, but we are going to start the show. Uh, we promised Scott on Wednesday that we would start the show with Answering his question, he asked what we think uh, the compensation is going to be for Aaron Rodgers in a trade. So, Simon, you're uh, you're back, so we're going to put you in the hot seat first. What do you think the Aaron Rodgers trade compensation is going to end up being? So, what was it, like a month and a half ago or whatever when we did a show and we were talking about, like, initially what teams we thought Rodgers would go to and what the compensation would look like. Mm-hmm. And, and, like, I, I kind of – alluded to the fact that I think a lot of Packers fans might be disappointed based on what I was seeing from the fan base. And it's going to be, there's going to be like not a lot of happy people. (laughs) It's looking like it's going to be somewhere between like two second rounds or so. And I I think that's like more than fair at this point. Like after Rogers came out of his darkness retreat or whatever, and he was like, I was thinking like 90, 10, I was going to retire. Like, that doesn't bode well for the Jets as far as him playing another year. Like it, it's almost like a foregone conclusion at this point that he's going to only play one more year, more or less. I mean, you could probably, probably, yeah, it'd be hard. It'd be, yeah, he could probably assume that. So I, and what was the, there was like a month ago, it was like trade or swap 13, 15 and take the, their two seconds this year. I think that's fair. Um, and now, now we're kind of hearing that maybe it'll be like two seconds and the Packers give something in like 2025 or something like a late round, like a fifth round pick. And next year's second would be like conditional on how the Jets perform next year. Yeah. Or um, I don't know. I I, th- I think it'll be something like that. Like it'll be like a, a second this year and like, maybe a second or third next year conditional on if they go to the playoffs or they make the Super Bowl or whatever have you. Um, I, I think that makes sense just based on Rodgers probably not playing another season. Brian, what do you think? Uh, a peace of mind. I'm just ready for it to be done with, to be honest. Um, I think if we get both their seconds this year and 
that pick swap, I'd be absolutely ecstatic at this point. I do think Simon's right where we're seeing in like it might be a second this year and a second next year, and they can escalate to a first. I don't want that honestly. I want it all this year if we can get it done. Um, I would rather take the two seconds this year than this, you know, the second this year and potential first next year. If you're you're really asking me, because I like I like a lot of what we're seeing that value kind of in the early to mid second round of this year in the draft. So, at you know. At this point, I wouldn't be surprised if it was just the pick swap end up one second. Like, it's so much in the air right now. You know, obviously, we it's everyone just guessing. But at this point, I just wanted to be done. I'm sick of hearing about it. Like, I can't watch, like, get up in the morning without Greeny losing his mind about it. So, um, I just want it to be done. I want, I want it to be done so we can start doing mock drafts. Like, because we have a mock draft show coming up in, a, you know, not too far down the road. And Three I want weeks. to be able to have an idea of what we might have. And right. if we can get, if we were to get both seconds this year, plus our second, that would give us so much flexibility in this draft to move around. If someone we really wanted fell into the late, you know, first round, so it'll be interesting. I'm just, or we could, you know, move up from 13 or 15 to the top 10 if, like, you know, Will Anderson or something dropped, and and we wanted them. Nuts. So, yeah, so that'd be awesome. The so flexibility Steve's- this year would be great. Right. Steve said he'd love a 2024 first, hold on to June to do the trade and assume Jets 2024 first is in the 20s. We could have the Capitals to move up for an elite QB or Marvin Harrison Jr. I like the idea of moving up for Marvin Harrison Jr. He's going to be a star. Um, I, will, I will say this quick. If if the Jets are playing stupid and they're going to do something like that, if we're going to wait till June 1st, I say screw it, wait till September or right before that, give him to him and say, here you go. Uh, you yeah. wanted to, enjoy, you wanted to play, no you wanted to play games with us. You wanted to play games with us. Now you get yep. them two weeks before your season starts and good luck. Yep. And then I, I, I literally say, I contact the NFL and say, Hey, I'm requesting that or whatever. I don't know what the process is. I'm not an NFL employee, but I request that they stop having comp ability to contact Aaron Rodgers at this point. Like I, I start playing hardball. Yeah. I play, I start playing real hardball at that point. Cause yeah. what's worse that can happen. He's on our team and he, yeah, we're going to pay 40 million from anyway. Like we're and that's the exact thing. Oh, that's we're not getting. That's gonna be less actually. Yeah. So it'd just be like, less actually on our cap. Like yeah. if they did it post June first, I think Gudikins has handled this pretty well. Other than everyone was like, "Well, they could have traded him last year and got the Russell Wilkins Wilson package." Well, guess what? How many of us going into last year thought we had a legitimate chance to win the Super Bowl? We did until injuries hit and everything. So yeah. that's what everyone wants to forget about that because hindsight's twenty twenty. But in reality we wanted a chance to win the Super Bowl last year. And yes, we could have right. traded him. But now if the Jets don't want to we're like, it's not like if, if they're really just asking for the two seconds, people have paid a second and a third for like Von Miller for like half a season and stuff like that are, you know what I mean? So I don't think it's crazy to request that. Yeah. to hold out too. Um, Greg, I appreciate you uh, tagging people in here and um, appreciating our breakdown. That's, it makes us it makes us feel good about the the work that we put into it. So I appreciate you helping us out by sharing that with us, uh, with others. Uh, Steve said next year's draft is apparently better, more elite players. Hey, one way to find out. And regardless of which draft, whether it's this year or next year, um, for me, what what the Packers end up doing for moving down from a first to multiple seconds to a second this year and a second next year that's conditional first if he plays in 2024. To me, I'm willing to take less compensation if the Jets are willing to take more salary. 
because if the Packers can can get more salary to the Jets, they can extend Rashawn Gary and Kenny Clark now, front load those contracts, and then spread them out farther and have those guys having smaller cap hits in the future and could potentially uh, avoid having them be cap casualties in the future. So we could avoid having a potential Aaron Jones situation like we're going to have in 2024. We can avoid that with Kenny Clark and Rashawn Gary. So for me, the, the compensation is honestly almost less important than where the salaries are going to go. If the Jets think they're going to stick us with two seconds and, and they want you know a third rounder back if he retires and the Packers are keeping salary, then I'm with Bryant on playing hardball and just waiting to see if somebody gets hurt during training camp and you know, trade into Baltimore after they move Lamar Jackson to the Titans. Yeah, exactly. And I, I didn't share that on the show, but I, you know, shared it as a joke in our chat, like that I, I tweeted to Greeny or whatever, just to try to get him more. He never responded, of course. Probably got the million tweets, but the longer they wait and we move into off-season workouts and everything, the higher the chance someone gets hurt. Like, take a team, like what's a good Miami, for example. If Tua got hurt again, they're like, hey, we need a quarterback for one year. Let's jump in on this Aaron Rodgers deal. Yeah. That's one quarterback that helped us win a Super Bowl, Super Bowl ready team. You know, there's a couple of them out there that like, hey, if this quarterback gets hurt and they need a one-year quarterback, guess what? They might jump in on that, and all of a sudden, the Jets are in no man land, and they're going from, you know, first, you know, second, probably possibly first in that division to out of the playoffs real quick if they don't get Aaron Rodgers. Um, see, Greg said, I agree this draft is deep for mid-rate for mid-talent at certain positions, but I only see one blue chip prospect this year in Will Anderson. We're going to talk about linebackers and running backs today. I think there's actually a lot of value, and I'm really excited that we're going to stream not only the first round, but we're going to stream during the second and third round. I think that is going to be more fun than the first round, honestly. I think that second and third round, there's going to be a lot of good picks in there, especially if the Packers have some extra ones. Uh, Sam said to move up and draft Stetson Bennett from Georgia and get the wide receiver from Ohio State. I mean, I'm not opposed to it. Um, Greg said he can be had on day three from scouting reports I've watched, maybe day two if a team reaches. And I don't think the, oh, yeah. like Bennett, the Packers are probably do – Yeah, we're probably going to do uh, quarterbacks as either a graphic or maybe we'll just run through them really quick before we do the, mo- the live mock drafts on April 21st. But is there – Jake, is there anything else you wanted to say on the Aaron Rodgers compensation front before we get into linebackers? Well, it just sounds like the Packers have moved off to pick 13. That was the latest report. So they really want a player, and I think that players Jermaine Johnson. That's what all the reports are. So if they give us a second this year, Jermaine Johnson, they throw us a second next year, not going to lie, that's a pretty fair deal. I think um, I'd take that. Jermaine Johnson. I, I, don't think the Jets, I, don't think the, I don't think the Jets would do that. I think that's they, they don't want up to. their first round pick from last year. Yeah, they yeah. don't do that. That's too much. They don't, they don't want to. Right, if they but do they it, also, fuck yeah, I'm down. But they also don't want to trade that 13th overall pick this year. So I mean, do you want do you want the quarterback or not? Is kind of what the question becomes. You know. So to me, so here's the thing: there's got to be people. Oh, sorry. No, go ahead. So people go ahead. don't think like the Packers have any uh, leverage. And if you start thinking about their general manager and I, I forget his name and one of you guys can say it. I, Joe I Douglas. And yeah, thank you. Uh, and Robert Sala, they, they could be on the hot seat like badly. And people like to forget about that when it comes to like leverage and stuff. If they don't get this deal done, I think they're gone. <laughs> 
Like, I, yeah, how do you New York fans are not forgetting that put all their chips? <laughs> the Jets, yeah. yeah, that put all their chips in on Aaron Rodgers. The Jets have the longest playoff drought. Fails in. due to their inability. Yep. Yeah, their inability to put a team. Like, how do how yeah. do you not? How do you? Yeah, I don't know. I just think people. I think the Jets playoff drought is the longest in all the four major sports now. It is now. Now that the Kings yeah. clinched. Yeah. So is it really like? Yes. Yeah, now that the Kings years, clinched yes, the spot, the that is thirteen years. Even in baseball. Yeah. Yep. Think about this. People always joke about wow. the Packers, like, "Oh, you haven't won a Super Bowl since 2010. How about not making a fucking playoff since then?" Yeah. Think about that. Wow. Even um, the Lions made the playoffs since then. Uh, Steve I'm said it. Look, like, we did 42 and 43. Yeah, as there's yeah, there's some bad ones out there. Steve said if we get 42 and 43, it's more bites from the apple. We talked about the 42 and 43 last Friday. That that basically. Um, based on the draft value charts adds up to about the, like the 19th pick in the first round. So that's about the value of it. So like we would take those two. Um, as for uh, Steve, he also said, imagine an 0 and three jets start with Zach Wilson. That would not bode well for the jets, but I want to, I want to answer <laughs> Sam's question. here. What's your guys' take on the rumors of Matt Ryan as a veteran quarterback? I'm on board. Uh, are you? I would love for Jordan Love to be able to learn from Matt Ryan. That board. would be I yep, I'm on board. I like it. He's been an as MVP. long as these fans aren't gonna call crazy for him to like play like for and he, start. But, he worked with dude, Jordan Love would throw one pick and then call for it. Nah, even though <laughs> okay. Matt Ryan's well, been trashed the last couple of years. Yeah, and but, is a dome type still, player. He still got the, got the, got up here. Exactly. He still and the experience. And he could he could show him, you know how to read the defense after Jordan Love comes off the field. Maybe he has two bad throws in a row or he he makes a bad read. Like that that he could teach him in those moments. And that's why I would love that, honestly. I think yeah, for Matt I like Ryan that idea to, a lot actually. I think for Matt Ryan to take something like that, he's probably looking at like, hey, where can I go to where I can get essentially coaching experience, right? And sit behind a player. Cause he's not like he wouldn't be coming here to try to win a Super Bowl. Now granted you never know what could happen, but right. like I if he's trying to go to uh, win a Super Bowl, then I think he would take a cheap deal to go sit behind someone like a Mahomes or a Burrow or something like that. Right. But but if he's if he's like, hey, I want to kind of par- I know Lafleur, I want to parlay this into eventually maybe being a QB coach or something to start off. Let me go yeah. there and work with Jordan Love. I think it would be fine. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's a good idea. This is the guy that I've seen floated out as well as Teddy I Bridgewater. Don't want any part of him? <laughs> no thanks. I don't want Teddy Bridgewater either. I'd rather. He was so overhyped. Player. He was trash. I feel bad that he got that injury, but. Everyone's like, oh, Teddy Bridgewater's really good. I'm like, look at his stats. I don't think he's ever thrown more than like 15 touchdowns in a year. <laughs> Teddy Bridgewater to me was – he marks a guy who could play the system if Jordan Love got injured, not as a guy who's going to help Jordan Love develop. Yeah, I agree. All right. So, you guys ready to do the linebackers? I am. Let's do it. All right, Simon got the first pick of linebackers, so we're going to start with Simon. I had second pick, Jake had third pick, Bryant had the last pick of who we get to elaborate on. So we're going to go to Simon first. Simon, give me your number one linebacker. Jack Campbell. Jack Campbell. All right, that's your guy. So it makes sense you got him number one. So talk about Jack Campbell. Did you guys not have him number one? No. no. I don't. Really? Too, too slow for me. me. <laughs> he's not really even that slow. He's he has good speed for his size. 
Like he's just I have my guy number one. Old school. <laughs> he's kind of that old school build. Uh, you know, big he's 6'5, 249. He had one of the best combine uh by the guys that were invited. A he had really good athleticism, especially in like the three cone drill uh in some of the short burst areas. Um he's a really good run defender and he he showed pretty good ability to uh to play coverage too, uh, especially on some of the bigger tight ends and stuff. He only allowed two hundred and six yards on four hundred and eighteen coverage snaps last year and he had two interceptions. Um, he relaxed pretty well to misdirection and screen plays, but sometimes he can find himself out of position to, uh, due to pre-snap activity. I have him going in the f- late first or second round. Um, it just really depends on the team. Like someone might not like that kind of big old school linebacker like that. That dude's just massive. I can, he feels like a Pittsburgh uh, linebacker to me. Yeah, I like him. But the problem is, I think I think the sideline, the sideline backer, linebacker has been so become so important in the NFL at, at this point that just I know he's not that he's obviously way faster than any of us speaking right now, but like four six five relatively speaking in the NFL is slow for you know a linebacker at that position. So I think he could like he could be a hell of a hitter, and I I feel like he's stuck in between like being a middle or an inside linebacker, middle linebacker, and an outside linebacker. So um. Hopefully he get you know gets on the field and proves me 100 wrong, but I just feel like he's like in a he weird. He did have position. some pass rush ability. Like he he showed a little bit last year. Steve said he's well the only pedigreed inside linebacker in this class with any size. He's I th- uh, he might be the only guy over. Is he the only guy over six four? Well, no, Drew Sanders. Four, but I mean Trenton. Uh, my yeah, number Drew one Sanders is, is pretty good. Is six three two forty six three two forty is pretty big. Trenton Simpson is a monster. Yeah, Trenton Simpson is my number one. He's my guy. So Trenton Simpson, he has insane burst when the quarterback leaves the pocket. It also helps him in the screen game. So good start with him there. Uh, he's got great body control, which to me uh, makes me think that it would serve him well covering mobile quarterbacks like Justin Fields. So to potentially combat Justin Fields, if he takes that next step this year, having a guy like Quay Walker and then having Trenton Simpson and Devondre Campbell mixed into your linebacking group, like that's that's a good way to combat those mobile quarterbacks. Also, we are not far from Detroit and Minnesota, both potentially looking to move on from their current quarterbacks, probably within the next year potentially. Um, and if they go mobile QBs, the the Packers are going to need mobile linebackers. So for me, Trenton Simpson, he's he's the number one linebacker. He's also got the speed for coverage, uh, and he doesn't quit on plays. So for me, Trenton Simpson is my number one um, pretty easily, honestly. <laughs> um, Jake, who is your number one? I have the same as you. I have Trenton Simpson. That guy's a athletic freak. Yeah. Uh, Brian, who's your number one linebacker? Uh, yeah, I had Trenton Simpson. All righty. Simon, back to you. Who's your number two? Trenton Simpson. <laughs> it was Trent, He said it was Trenton Simpson. I think yeah, he's got an internet issue right Simpson. now. But... Yeah. Okay. okay. My I'm number two is Jack really, Campbell. I don't know why. There's a delay between me talking and you guys hearing me. 
It's the Canadian. It's the can- Canada so internet. It's man. the Canadian internet, man. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Jake, who's your number? Uh, who's your number two? I have Jack Campbell at number two. All uh, right, Bryant, who's your number two? I put Drew Sanders at number two. Okay, I left him as an edge, but yeah, it's so it's gonna was, happen. Yeah, he was one of the ones that I was like, he certainly mm-hmm. could be an edge because he had ten sacks. Yeah. But I think at the same time, he has a size to be just a wreck, just a wrecking ball. Like I'm not gonna say that he'll be Micah Parsons, but I feel like that could be the role he would play, where he could play, you know, inside middle linebacker and also rush the pass, uh, rush the passer. So. Steve said, damn Border Patrol. Yeah, I <laughs> uh, Simon, who's your number three linebacker? I had uh, Diane Henley. So do I. Jake, who's your number three? I have Henry To'o To'o. All right, that's your guy. That's your first guy. So who's talk to me about Henry To'o To'o. All right, so Steve – doesn't like the the little sub 230 linebackers. I'm sorry, but he's 6'1, 227. But he had 13 pressures, six quarterback hurries, four quarterback hits, and he ran four six. So he's got some speed. Uh, the first thing that I noticed is he is very comfortable in pass coverage. He had a 88 quarterback rating when targeted. He understands depth. I think he could be a guy that could play. Uh, Tampa two Mike linebacker, he can really sink back. He could basically be like an extra safety on the field. Uh, and he has really, really good uh, first step, and he's a great open field tackler. When he gets his hands on you, he's coming to, he's coming to hit you. Uh, kind of like, you know, and we're doing running backs, so this works well. When you, when you look at good running backs, they hit the whole heart, right? That's one of the biggest differences between Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon, in my opinion, is Aaron Jones always hits the hole. He's like, all right. We're, we're running B-gap this time. I'm going to hit that, you know? And don't – you saying he hits start. the B-hole? <laughs> hits the B-hole real hard, baby. I wasn't going to say it. I wasn't going to say it. I saw everybody going crazy. But Henry Henry will attack that. He, and he reads. He trusts his eyes. And obviously he was coached well at Alabama. They coached defense players pretty well. He had talent all the way around him, right? Um. But I just think that he could be a, a steal maybe in the second round, third round area. With him being in Alabama, you know he's got experience against a bunch of line or a bunch of running backs that we're gonna talk about in the next segment. So um Brian, who is your number three? Jack Campbell. Jack Campbell. All right. Simon, who's your number four? Sorry, it's uh Henry Tuoto. Okay. That's who I have at number four as well. Jake, who is your number four? Uh, Davion Henley. Okay. Uh, Bryant, who is your number four? Dayon Henley. All right, that's your first guy. So talk to me about Dayon Henley. Yeah, so he is what you consider just a little undersized at 6'1", 225, but I really like that mixed with his combination of speed at 4'5", four, 4'. Four. So for overall, he really possesses um, good agility and speed to go along with his strong tackling skills. He doesn't miss tackles very often. He, he rarely doesn't wrap up. You love to see that. Uh, so basically, this is what I was talking about. He can be viewed as a sideline to sideline um, player because he does have good coverage ability on the running backs as well, and he's good on wide receivers in the inner intermediate route. Obviously, you don't want him covering him down the field, but um, so he probably will struggle a little bit with uh, um, tight ends at his size. But he has he has been shown to be a physical player, so he 
has some pass rushing uh, ability. He has the potential to immediately start, in my opinion, and be a, an elite um, special teams player. So you know how much we um, love our special teamers right now. And that's, that's where been, it's like, like literally all of our free agency. Exactly. And this is where I'm talking about, like, obviously we're not going to draft a linebacker early, but if we randomly right. had three mid second round picks and it'd be like a luxury pick at that point for someone sure. to, you know, eventually take over for Campbell and work with Quay. So um, the biggest knockout of him for him essentially is that he's 24 coming out of college. He, he's only played linebacker for like the last three years. So his instincts aren't quite there right now. He's more of an, he, he more of an active player than an instinctive player. So I think obviously that's going to come with tape review, NFL coaching and everything like that. So just him like trying to, instead of acting on instincts and just going for it can get him in trouble from time to time. But overall, I like him a lot. Steve, we're going to get to Dorian Williams. Simon has him, but I like him a lot. That's definitely a good pick by Simon for his, uh, his second linebacker. But Simon, who is your number five linebacker? DeMarvion Overshone. That's a good one too. I like him a lot, actually. Yeah, um, like my number five is Noah Sewell. Uh, that's <laughs> one of my guys. Um, Noah Sewell, he's a guy I've seen ranked anywhere from like number three all the way down to like number 13. Um, he's that's kind of why I have him a little bit in the middle, but he's six one, two forty six. Like he's a truck of a dude. Um, but he has a nine Oh four RAS score. It's, um, something the Packers do put uh, stock into. That's what they've spent a lot of their picks on. To me, he's, I've seen people question his ability to mirror counter moves by guys in space, but I saw that he was a smooth mover um, to adjust a change of directions by offensive players. Um, maybe, you know, maybe not if he's up out against the shifty slot wide receiver, but as far as running backs and quarterbacks, to me, he did seem like a, a smooth mover who can adjust to those quick cuts. Um, he absolutely gets up at the quarterback. To me, he's a guy who could line up an inside linebacker or outside linebacker. Uh, he knocked a bunch of passes down. Um, as a uh, linebacker, he's a very sure tackler. He's got good pursuit. Um, and he's another linebacker that's faced a bunch of running backs that we're going to talk about in our next segment. The only thing with Noah Sewell is he is not a coverage backer. That's why he's in the linebacker section and not the edge section. He's not going to be covering tight ends. He's going to be around the line of scrimmage if, if Noah Sewell is taken. So, um, he could have probably been lower than five, and I would have been okay with it. But his his prowess around the line of scrimmage makes me like him a lot. So, Jake, who is your number five? I have Sewell as well. All right. Bryant, who is your number five? Henry Toloto. All right. Bam. Simon, who's your number six? I got Noah Sewell. Okay. Number six is where I have Yasir Abdullah. He's a guy who probably could be listed as an edge rusher um, because this dude is an insane pass rusher. Absolutely insane. This is over the last two seasons for Yasir Abdullah. 32 tackles for loss and 27 sacks. That's, that's pretty good. <laughs> um, he had a, a 947 RAS score. To me, he would actually be a really good backup for Quay Walker. Um, so that's, that's why I like Yasir Abdullah. He's another six, one, two So he's got a little bit of weight to him, but still a little bit of a shorter linebacker. Jake, who's your number six? Uh, Mr. Overshone. 
He's a good one. That's definitely a good one. Um, Bryant, who is your number six? Sewell. No, Sewell. All right. Uh, Bryant. No, sorry, not Bryant. Simon, who is your number seven? I got Dorian Williams. Me too. That's your guy. So talk about Dorian Williams. Definitely a good one. I feel like we're on the same wavelength over here. Are you? Are you I, I like it. Huh? <laughs> well, I mean, you sent me right, so, both your notes from the last two shows, so I know what you're thinking. True. Uh, so Dorian Williams, 6'1", 228. Very, very good zone defender in coverage. He'll definitely make uh, quarterbacks, you know, think twice before throwing in his area. And he has an 80-inch wingspan. Like, this dude, dude got those long-ass arms. Uh, very good sideline-to-sideline player. Um, the only, I guess, kind of knack on him that I had is he's, he's a little smaller, uh, so he could have problems working around blocks and stuff. Um, I could probably see him going in the third or fourth round. Yeah, Dorian Williams, definitely definitely a fan of his, uh, as well as DeMarvion Overshone. He probably could have ranked higher yeah. on my list. But um, my number seven is also Dorian Williams. Uh, Jake, who is your number seven? Uh, I have Ventro Miller. Okay. Uh, Bryant, who is your number seven? Uh, Overshone. Definitely a good one. Uh, Simon, who's your number eight linebacker? I have Drew Sanders. Okay. Um, I, my number eight is Owen Papo. That's one of Brian's guys, so we will get to him. Jake, who is your number eight? I have Cam Jones. That's your guy. All right, talk about Cam Jones. So I had to have Cam Jones on here uh, because I think he's a little underrated. Um, he's not the greatest run stopper. He does get lost every once in a while. He's not a big guy, though. But he played in the Big Ten, so he understands the physicality aspect of football, right? But he was tremendous in coverage, and he's a little bit of a ball hawk. Uh, good linebackers are always around the football. Good defensive players, I'll say, are always around the football. And he just always finds more, finds a way to be around the football, either intercepting it or forcing a fumble. Uh, there was one really impressive fumble he forced first. I believe it was Maryland. The guy was stumbling, falling to the ground. And he just pinpointed that ball and punched it out right as the guy was falling to the ground. I was like, holy shit, that was impressive. So uh, to me, he seems like a playmaker. He's uh, sideline to sideline, <laughs> even though Brian <laughs> thinks that every linebacker sideline to sideline now. But he, he no, has, I he said that linebackers, I just like linebackers that can play oh, sideline yeah. to sideline. They, they can. And he's not the biggest guy either. So I also wrote that I think he'll struggle with tight ends, but he definitely can mirror running back out of the backfield. He's tremendous at that. He had an 86 uh, quarterback rating when targeted. So actually lower than my man Henry Tooto. So with Cam Jones and actually with Dorian Williams, I have written on both of their both of their notes in mine that uh, they're both human hit sticks. Yeah, both both of them can lay the wood. Um, <clears throat> so Bryant, who is your number eight? Uh, Dorian Williams. He's he's definitely some of that that third, fourth, fifth round value. So uh, definitely on board with Steve, who would like him in those mid rounds as well. Um, Simon, who is your number nine? Owen Papo. All right. Number nine, that's where I have DeMarvion Overshone. He, 6'3", 229. He's got the ability. He could probably add some more weight. Um, <clears throat> he is a former safety, so that probably, that's possible that that could contribute it to that. Um, the dude's just an absolute rocket. Like, he looks, every time he's pursuing the quarterback, he just looks like he's shot out of a cannon. 
Um, for him, he was, I've seen a lot of places credit him for his improvement actually from 2021 to 2022. And in my opinion, he would make actually a really good third down linebacker. So Jake, who is your number nine? Uh, my number nine is D winters. All right. Bryant, who is your number nine? Owen Pepo. All right. That's your guy. Yeah. So for him, he's, he is undersigned. He's six foot, 225, but this dude can absolutely fly. Um, I think at the combine, he was uh, clocked at 439, but he's been clocked as um, high as 4.3240. And that's oh. insane because this dude benches 435 pounds. So at, he's benching over 200 pounds of his body weight. Um, he is equally as good as against the run as a pass. Obviously, with that speed, he can drop down into his own coverage pretty quickly. Uh, one of the things I liked about him is in that he was the leader for the Auburn defense like the last two years. So he's a natural leader. Um, like I said, he is undersized. So I think um, he will, but he does have long arms, but he will struggle to get off blocks and especially against tight ends and stuff. So for him, I think to be successful, they'll probably put him in the will linebacker position where he can kind of chase down the runners from the, the backside or whatever, which I think would be a good position for him. So if you really, you know, this is just someone you want to get on your team because of just their physical traits. And, you know, he might end up only being a third down linebacker because of his speed and ability to coverage. And, um, but there's, you know, there's value in probably the mid to late rounds if he falls that far with someone um, with those measurables. Yeah. So uh, well, always, always value on special teams <laughs> yeah. with guys like that as well. Yeah. Exactly. Your family so is uninvited, Brian. <laughs> so, yeah, I think if he, you know, if we were to take him, we would, we would be taking him as someone that we, you know, we're going to use probably in the third down roles as a will linebacker and then put on special teams that way. Cause he's a monster, but I mean, he'd basically be taking what, like the Chris Barnes, uh, Kamal Martin role of the past, uh, yeah. Oren Burks, guys like that, basically that exactly. type of role. <clears throat> Steve asked if anyone is concerned with Devondre Campbell in 2023, he regressed last year. Not sure of the 2024 cap hit if he's just average. I mean, he did deal with some injury in 2020, uh, 2022, uh, going forward to 2023, 2024. I'm not, I don't know if I'd go as far as concern, but like, he's obviously not going to get younger and linebacker is a very important position. Um, obviously we saw it happen with Tampa Bay when they won their, their recent Super Bowl. they had dominant, dominant linebackers. So if the Packers can grab a guy who's going to be a game changer in a year or two before he's needed on the field, um, you know, that's definitely the kind of guy to have there. Uh, Eric Wilson, definitely a good signing for depth. Uh, Justin Hollins, I'm a big fan of that signing actually as well for depth on the edge. So I think the Packers have done well retaining some of the guys that they've had. So Simon, let's wrap it up. Number 10, who's your number 10 linebacker? Uh, before that, uh, I'm also a big fan of Holland signing too. I thought like he had one of the, uh, I think he had like the 26th, uh, 26th best pass rush win rate from the time we signed him to the end of the season. Like he's a good depth piece for us for sure. I, In my I, opinion, I, we'll the only good defender we had against Jalen Hurts. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, number ten, I got Cam Jones. I also have Cam Jones number ten. Jake, who is your number ten linebacker? I have Dorian Williams in number 10. All right. Brian, who's your number 10? I have Ventrell Miller. Okay. 
definitely some good value guys here. I think as far as, you know, being outside of the top five guys, I definitely think um, Dorian Williams and DeMargan Overshone are some of those guys who could be the later round value picks. Um, is there anything else you guys want to say on the subject of linebackers before we flip to the offensive uh, side? Of the I will board? say you got a, brought up an interesting point, like with that, uh, the Popo that I was talking about, like, uh, I wonder if teams are going to start to look for a linebacker they can use just in games like the ones against Jalen Hurts where you put someone on the field that's like you fly around your sole responsibility is Jalen Hurts like because he's fast enough to catch him. That would be interesting, just a thought. But Yeah, I think um, like Lamar Jackson could command that type of 11 to 15 range for me. But, um, yeah, I didn't have him in my top 10. I don't think any of us did. Had I been Is he more of an edge rusher? I, I don't I guess I didn't. Um, I'm not sure. Yeah, there were some lines that you had to kind of blur to choose between yeah. an edge rusher because there were definitely some inside linebackers where I thought they kind of, or I'm sorry, there's some edge rushers or like outside linebackers that I kind of moved inside just because that's where I could see them playing. But guys with like 10 plus sacks, and I just, I was like, I don't think they fit the mold of an outside linebacker at the NFL level. And I kind of moved them inside. Yeah, and it's I, I really wish they would do inside linebacker, outside linebacker, and defensive end and defensive line instead of doing edge and then having outside linebackers and defensive ends in the like same grouping. Um, so it's yeah, it's kind of tough. A couple and sites that do it too, right? And well, it's it's tough because like guards, centers, tackles that all blurs together too. Yeah, um, but it happens. Um, Greg, if you like draft guides, you should definitely subscribe to The Athletic. The Beast draft guide that Dane Brugler does is fantastic. Yeah. I just wish it came out a month earlier than it does. She's had TV does a good draft guide, too. Brian, I bought yep. it the last couple of years. It's pretty solid. Yeah. It, and it's not just, like, focus on what the Packers needs or anything. Uh, it hit, they cover yeah. everyone. It's really good get draft yeah. guide. So. I think uh, I think Sports Illustrated, out of, like, grabbing, you know, like, looking at sources to to kind of gather like like get a sense of where guys are ranked uh, i think sports illustrated is actually um one that i'm more in tune with i think as well so yeah. uh, for what it's worth um steve the athletic is is definitely worth the subscription especially if you can get it on a deal where you can get it for like a dollar a month um they do deals all the time so the athletic is definitely worth it. There's definitely like Matt Schneidman is a good writer for the Packers. Eric Name is a fantastic writer for the Bucks. He's got great stuff for for the Bucks. If you're interested in reading that as well, um, yeah, the athletic is definitely a very very good subscription to have. Um, all right, you guys ready to go to running backs? Yeah. All right. Flip over a couple pages. All right, Simon. Back to you. I can tell you, I'm, I'm actually 100% positive. We all have the same guy, number one, and that is Simon's guy. So, Simon, who is the number one running back in this class? Yeah, like uh, we were talking about earlier. I think we kind of all were trying to avoid one guy because we all know the answer. He's, <laughs> but I, I mean, how can you not talk about this guy? Uh, Bijan Robinson, five eleven, two fifteen. He's easily the best running back in this draft. A great bend of yeah. uh, blend of size, speed, and power. Very aggressive, and he always fights for extra yardage. Dude had a thousand seventy-one yards after contact last year. 
and he had 104, 104 missed tackles for us, which is the most by uh, – so I took all of these stats off of PFF. The 104 missed tackles forced was like the most they've ever had in one season by any running back that since they started doing that for college players. Um, he's gonna be a fucking star. Yeah, he, he's yeah. a monster. I, I think the lack of overall yardage production doesn't exactly tell how good this guy is, if that makes sense. Like you I see think Texas's offensive line like, sucked a little bit last year, if I'm being honest. Yeah, they, they weren't helpful either. Um, but like you you see all these running backs come out with like two thousand some yards or whatever, but I mean this guy is he's he's a beast. Yeah, I, he's uh what I, you'd probably consider a generational talent at the running back. Um, that's fair. I think the only knock I really had on him is he had six fumbles and that's yeah, that's pretty much the only like negative thing I could say about him. For anybody who wants to know um, like in one, if you want to know in one play, like what Bijan Robinson is capable of, go watch, uh, look up Bijan Robinson, Kansas State or Kansas. Sorry, Bijan Robinson versus Kansas. He has a play where he yeah. runs and he changes his speed. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the Fileo Fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Like he slams on the brakes, turns, and is just gone. Like the change of speed on that play is just absolutely, it's mind-blowing. It literally is. I think it'll be interesting to see where he goes, especially with how the NFL – yeah, not Detroit. I think he's going to drop a little bit and someone's going to get – Yeah, I think someone's going to get crazy value on it. See, and I I just read this comment by Steve. Like, it's so interesting. I don't think Green Bay has, like, for that first – they can go so many places for that first round. And that's why I was really wishing they would get the 13 as well, too, because the amount of flexibility you give us. I would be really surprised to see him come to Green Bay with us having Dylan and Aaron Jones there, who we just restructured. So he probably wouldn't, you know, that type of player you need to get on the field right away and who are you benching, really, unless you're going to, you know what I mean, unless you do a three-headed, uh, you know, backfield. But um, now if we traded down into, like, the 25th position for whatever reason because the value was there and he was still sitting on the board and we had him too high, sure. I mean, I would be ecstatic if he, for some reason, fell to fifteen. <laughs> it would be, it would be insane. Um, to me, I have an idea for if the Packers do decide to move on from both Jones and Dylan, uh, but that's that's in the in the teens players that I have I this idea. See. So I'm going to hold on to that. I but think- for me, um, I also have Bijan Robinson number one. He's a 981 RAS. So definitely that combination of size and speed. Um, Jake, you're number one, Bijan. Yeah, uh, I think right. the best uh, running back prospects in Saquon, in my opinion. I'm with that, Bryant. Yours as well. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And, and I one place I could wouldn't be shocked to see him go unless they sign something. I'm drawing a blank. But what about the Philadelphia Eagles or something like that? Like That's what Greg said. Nine, so. Greg said he's a oh, did you say that? Oh, I didn't even well, see that. Well, he just got rid of Miles Sanders, yeah. so it, may, it yeah. makes yeah, sense. So. Yeah. Uh, Greg said, good call, Jake, on the Saquon 
comment. Not that Jonathan Taylor was a slouch, right, Tyler? But he wasn't he wasn't as highly touted coming out of college. Oh, you he's, know, the Eagles just been. signed Rashad Penny. That's who they signed. I forgot about him. Oh, okay. Yeah, he'll play four games. No, no, no. I, I, I mean, I'm not saying that that's going to be the answer or anything, but I, I was trying to think of who they signed. Yeah. Uh, Steve said I'm not as high as Dylan as most. How many shoestring tackles? I think all of us are in the position where we like Dylan as a complimentary back and not as a starter. Yep. Yeah. And as a person. He's pretty cool guy. Yeah, he's, he's, a good, he's, he's a good dude. <laughs> all right. So, Simon, who is your number two? I have Jameer Gibbs. All right. That's one of Jake's guys. Uh, number two, I have one of other Jake's other guys. I have Zach Charbonnet, number two. Uh, Jake, who's your number two? Jameer Gibbs. All right. That's your first guy. Talk to me about Jameer Gibbs. Dude, this is this is my boy. Like, Bijan, like, stud, but I think we're more in the market for a guy like Gibbs. And when I think of Gibbs, I think of Alvin Kamara. Uh, it's just inevitable. Yeah. We're um, not the only one. Uh, he, he's got really good soft hands. He's an insane mismatch, uh, in the pass catching game. He's tough to cover in man coverage. Uh, he had 36 receptions when he was on Georgia tech in 2021, uh, 44 receptions last year with Bama. Um, he's got the speed. He's got four, three speed. Uh, I didn't want to go through stats, but I'm going to tell you his high school stats because they're fucking disgusting. <laughs> his senior year. 233 carries, 2,554 yards, and 40 touchdowns. <laughs> Dude! Holy shit! Um, yeah, he's yeah. – oh, another thing I wanted to say, which is which is why this – is, this is the reason I fell in love with him when I was reading about him. In high school, he lined up as a wide receiver in passing sets. So he can be he, – he's literally just a dual threat, what you think of a dual threat. And Tyler and I have been talking up Aaron Jones as a dual threat, saying he, he's a top five dual threat for the last couple of years. If you're going to replace a dual threat, you got to get a dual threat. So I think Gibbs is the number one dual threat. My next guy is another good dual threat. And Tyler said he loved him already. So, yeah. Um, Brian, who's your number two running back? Jameer Gibbs. All right. Simon, who's your number three? I have Zach Charbonnet. Uh, my number three, I have Izzy Abanacanda. Uh, his name's fun to say. Uh, nobody picked him, surprisingly. He's kind of one of those middle guys, but he's 5'10", 216. So, like, he's got a little bit of beef. He's pretty close, actually, to Aaron Jones' size, actually, almost exactly uh, the same size as Aaron Jones. Um, over 100 yards in 9 of 11 games last year. He had two gold medals in track at the New York's New York Mayor's Cup race. So, definitely got the speed there. Um, he was tied for the most touchdowns in the FBS with 20, and he's got breakaway speed and kick return ability uh, also with uh, Abanacanda. But, Jake, who is your number three? Uh, Zach Charbonnet. All right. He is he is a stud. I love him. Uh, Jake, that's your guy, though. Go ahead. He's a little underrated. Um, another dual threat guy. He had over 1,300 uh, rush yards. Uh, he averaged seven yards per carry last year. He had 37 receptions to go with those 1,300 yards for 320 receiving yards. Uh, he's a tough runner. He's a guy that when you watch him, he literally just passes the eye test, right? Uh, he started at Michigan, transferred to UCLA this year. I know, Greg, that's your guy. Um, oh, Cody, what's up, man? Been a minute. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Simon's live in his igloo. <laughs> he hasn't gotten no. He's, uh, he's in the land of 
French fries and gravy right now. <laughs> well, what did he say? Uh, I missed it. He asked if you're living in your igloo yet. Ah, uh, close, man. Close. close. Um, no, I passed the uh, four-day dark hole that Aaron Rodgers was on today. So <laughs> <laughs> have that going for me. <laughs> Greg is a fan of Charbonnet. Uh, yeah. Go ahead, Jake. No, I mean, that was really all. He's just a, he doesn't get enough credit for his toughness, in my opinion. So I just wanted to just talk about it, his, his toughness. He is a tough runner. He's very good in open space. So uh, he's he's an underrated guy. I think uh, the last UCLA running back we took was pretty good, too, until he got derailed by injuries. But uh, 968 RAS for Zach Charbonnet. To me – he reminds me he's basically a shiftier, faster version of AJ Dillon. Like he is like Zach Charbonnet is devastating in one-on-one situations. Oh yeah. Um, he don't got the quads though. No, he doesn't have the quads. Nobody's got the quads that AJ Dillon has, but he's got the frame that he could have the quads. True. Let's get his quad game up. <clears throat> All right. Brian, two is your number three. My number three is Dwayne McBride. Ooh, high on him. All right. That's that's your first guy. So talk about Dwayne McBride. I'm uh I'm definitely high on him. Um he's 5'10, 209 pounds, 452. This dude's got crazy good footwork and vision, which allows him to basically work through tight spaces and through the tackles, uh in between the tackles. But he has power and finesse. Um he can make that sharp, sharp uh cut and turn up field and he can get around tacklers. Um, this is going to be a workhorse back in the NFL. <laughs> he runs violently. So he, I know people say, uh, knock his, you know, who he played against, but look at who Aaron Jones played against, right? He played at UTEP. Yep. Yeah. Same conference, I think, I believe. So this dude ran for 120 more yards in 11 of 12 games in 2022. Yep. And he averaged 4.72 yards after contact. That's uh, that's good. <laughs> so, so the reason he the reason he averages a yard after contact, this dude power cleans at 209 yard pounds. He power cleans 345 pounds, benches 385 pounds, and squats 550 pounds. Damn. So he's just he's just a like a giant muscle. So um, <laughs> one of, one of the not. <laughs> Dwayne McBride, giant muscle. <laughs> Remember the muscle hamster name? This is him right here. So Definitely. one of the knocks on him is like he, he didn't do much in blocking or the passing game. It's because he was never asked to. I think he had like two targets all last year. So I think it's something he could show off given the opportunity. And then the other main concern was he had some fumbling issues. But I think it's probably because he was so used to bouncing off people and fighting for yards. He'll probably learn like he's probably not going to average 4.72 yards after contact in the NFL. So he'll probably learn to go down once it's like, okay, it's time to go down. But, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty high on him, but I think he could be a steal for somebody. Like if this dude drops a third round, maybe he can break that curse for us. All right. I'm with that. Uh, Simon, who is your number four running back? I have uh, Devon McCain. Okay. All right. That's my guy. I'll get to him. Uh, my number four, that's where I have Jameer Gibbs. Uh, just a little bit lower on him. Um, but, Jake, to your point, um, Emery Hunt called him a more explosive Alvin Kamara. Ah, see, when I was watching him, I was like, this is this is Alvin Kamara, dude. Uh, and Rick Spielman basically called him CMC. Wow. Dude, imagine that. 
and the in Lafleur offense, dude. I'll pick. <laughs> and those two are the only two guys, as far as dual threats go, that I put above Aaron Jones in the NFL, as far as dual threats go specifically. So, Jake, who is your number four? Me and Simon have the exact same list so far. <laughs> dude, <laughs> right. Hell yeah. <laughs> we will get there. All right, Brian, who is your number four? Zach Charbonnet. Okay. Simon, who is your number five? Jake, do you have Dwayne McBride? Nope, he's a little bit lower. We finally, okay, I got him. Finally That's switched fine. up. There we go. Uh, number number five is where I have Devin A Chain. Actually, I think it's Devon A Chain. Um, but his last name is A Chain, which is just badass. Like, like your last his last name is A Chain. That's just sweet. Um, Devon A Chain was a track star actually as well at Texas A and M. Uh, he's great acceleration, <laughs> makes great cuts, uh, great change of direction. Uh, vision. He really puts it all together. Uh, he's got um, good blitz pickup in play action, which is important. And me being a guy that loves play action and loves seeing the Packers run it, uh, definitely a guy to be valuable in those types of situations. Uh, he's got kick return abilities for um, for potentially. Now, I haven't brought this up with you guys yet. But I've seen it reported in more than one place that the Packers are going to use Keyshawn Nixon as a slot receiver. So for me, having guys that have some kick return ability is something that I'm going to bring up with some running backs. But just a real quick sidebar, what do you guys think about potentially using Keyshawn Nixon as a slot wide receiver? I think it'd be fun for gadget plays. I do I do know LaFleur asked about it and he said he's got to get the slot down first on like on the defense of side of the ball. But uh, I think it'd be fun to watch him like do double end rounds with him and Watson or something like that. Or Jalen Hyatt when he becomes a Packer. Wow. He, oh, he, yeah. He's good in space. So why not? Yeah. Exactly. Yep. I agree. I, I, yeah. If you, if you make like a little, you know, use it a few times a game or whatever, yeah, I mean, I'm for it, but I mean, I wouldn't put him out there for like. I mean, or so we, offense or anything. We've talked about the Tyler Irvin role now for like three years. Maybe Keyshawn Nixon in that. You know, you don't you use him for what four or five snaps a game on offense. Mm-hmm. Fake the end around with him would be dangerous. I'll tell you that. Um, when he's probably factoring into defense as well, gas on returns. That's why you just got to be careful when you do it. Um. Whether whether it be say say the end of a half or the end of a quarter, for example, you know you're ticking down. Say there's a minute left in the quarter or a minute left in a half, like you know you're probably not going to be switching on to defense before the period runs out. So you know you're going to have that time when the quarter or the half is going to change. So stuff like that, situational awareness, I guess, is what I would say with now with he, when you use him. He's got that dog in him, man. I don't know. He he's up for it. He's definitely a guy that doesn't fade away from a challenge. All right, Jake, who's your number five? Uh, Ty J. Spears. Oh, good. Okay. Bryant, who's your number five? Devon Chain. All right. Simon, who is your number six? Kendra Miller. Oh, Ooh, high on him. Um, I can't, I can't, I can't knock it because I'm high on my number six guy as well. Um, my number six is Ken McIntosh. From Georgia, um, Kenny McIntosh, wow. six foot, two hundred four. He's got him, great man. hands. 
I think he's one of the better dual threats in this draft, actually. Um, he's got shifty vision. He's got great acceleration. He had 43 receptions in 2022. Uh, he's a willing guy in blitz pickup. And in my opinion, this is why I have him so high. In my opinion, Kenny McIntosh is the best player in this draft to potentially replace Aaron Jones. Whoa. Uh, I mean, like, if we're talking about B. John Robinson, like, obviously he's the best guy. But I'm saying, like, the first and second down dual threat, willing blitz pickup, I think he's the best candidate to replace that role specifically if they, say, extend A.J. Dillon. Is he, is he, does he play faster than that 4.62? Because what concerned me is being six foot, which is tall, technically a little tall for a running back, and he's only 204 pounds. If he's running upright at that, he's just going to get knocked off his feet, was my concern, was running a 4.62. So. I've seen. It's a lot higher than happened. It's, it's weird because for me, when you're looking at running backs, in my opinion, speed and acceleration are two different things. So, like, he may not have the best speed, but he's got really good acceleration. So, like, it's it's kind of a hard concept to potentially, like, wrap your mind around. But, like, I think Kenny McIntosh has great acceleration. So, for him to get those quick bursts through the line, that's something that, a, like, Aaron Jones does well. Um, so, to your If he's going to open some of the faster – what's that? My bad. I was saying, to your point on that, he was in the top 1% on his three-cone and his shuttle. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, you know, if he's going to outrun, you know, the sauce gardeners of the world, like maybe not, but he's going to get those, like, like to Simon's point, he's going to get those quick first seven to 10 yards. Um, and then, you know, you're off to the races at that point. Um, Steve brought up Aaron Jones ran four, five, six. He's got the juice. Yeah, that's fair. Um, Steve, as far as vacated snaps from Amos, it's going to bother some people, but they said they're probably going to be starting Darnell Savage at safety again. So that's where we're going with that. And the only other thing with potentially using Keyshawn Nixon on defense is going to be the health of Eric Stokes to start the season. So that's the other thing we'll have to keep an eye on there. True. Yeah, I was a little right. surprised to see that Stokes might not be ready. We'll see. I mean, he tore ACLs are tough. That's tough. I thought he hurt his ankle. Was it? No, it was he had an ankle, ankle injury. Yeah, it was, was it ankle? Yeah. All right. It was ankle. Okay. My bad. Oh, those are also tough. <laughs> I'm fired. <laughs> um, Jake, who's your number six? Sean Tucker out of Syracuse, baby. Ooh, you got him high. I have a thought about Sean on Sean Tucker, but I'm gonna save it for when he's I get to my second guy. guy. He's a good early down guy. That's a very strong reason why I have the thoughts that I have when I get to my second guy. Um, <laughs> Brian, who's your number six? My number six is Ty J Spears. Okay. Simon, who's your number seven? Yeah, Zach Evans. Zach oh, Evans. All right. Back on track. Almost back on track, Simon. <laughs> <laughs> My number seven is Ty J. Spears. Uh, Jake, who's your number seven? Tank Bigsby. All right. I'll lie on him. All right. Um, Bryant, who is your number seven? Zach Evans. Okay. Simon, who's your number eight? I have Tajay Spears. All right, that's your guy. So talk about Tajay Spears. Yeah, so I really like Tajay Spears, and that's kind of the reason why I chose him. And I remember because I just like scroll through and I see stuff about players on Twitter and stuff. And 
I follow a lot of the draft and Packers guys. And Tajay Spears, 5'10", 201. This dude was sixth in the FBS in yards after contact with 1,052 yards at his size. Like, this dude, I mean, he's not a big dude. Like, 5'10", 201 is big. And he, he – Four sixty-three missed tackles. Uh, he has really nice natural hands. Great, uh, he can snatch the ball kind of out of anywhere and turn up field. He's going to be a really, really good receiving back. I, I'm really hoping the Packers can uh, pick him up. Good patience, uh, balance, and vision. Uh, he's not really great uh, for blitz pickup and. Uh, pass protection because of his slender build, and he's not going to grind out a lot of yards in between the tackles. Um, he's but he could be an elite outside runner if you get him in those like zone toss and stuff. Uh, like I really love his game. He, he's a good. It's like Zay Flowers. Like he's a really explosive athlete too. He's just with Taiji. Sorry, <clears throat> no, with Taiji Spears. And actually, uh, Jameer Gibbs as well. I think both of those guys would do well in like the swing passes. Uh, those guys both strike me as guys that would beat defenders to the pylons to gain those first downs when they run those swing passes. Yeah. So with him and, and uh, Jameer Gibbs as well. Um, he was also the American Athletic Conference Player of the Year, and he scored four touchdowns versus USC in the Cotton Bowl. Pretty good. That's a, that's a lot of touchdowns. <laughs> um. My number eight is Dwayne McBride. That's where I have him. Um, I'm not. I'm not low on him. Um, the fumble issues does concern me a little bit, but you know, eight in my opinion for a guy out of UAB isn't a isn't a bad spot to have him. But uh, Jake, who's your number eight? Zach Evans. All right, Brian. Who is your number eight? My number eight. I might be a little high on, but it's Eric Gray. Eh, not super high. He's coming up on my list. That's my next. Um, question, so. That's your second guy. So go ahead and yeah. talk about Eric Gray. So this is the one that I kind of look like. I was like, eh, he needs some work, but he could be like an Aaron Jones type if we were to take him. Like he could be the next, uh, you know, down the line. So he's five nine, two hundred seven pounds, four, ran a four four forty. Um, he is a decisive runner with, you know, he can be a three down back. Um, he he isn't going to hit the home run, but uh, he's got good speed and he, you know, short area quickness to where he can like burst through the line. Um, he has good hands and he runs clean routes. So, um, out of the backfield. So that'll be nice. So I think he could contribute right away as a, uh, a pass catcher as well. Another thing about him, you know, he's smaller. He's a very willing blocker. Like he'll step up and hit someone bigger than him. Uh, I, the one thing, which is interesting because the one knock on him that I, or one of the knocks on him was that he, he needs to run more physical. So he'll get up and hit you at the block, but it's like when he's running, he's a little more hesitant. Instead of, you know, if he gets hit in in between the tackles or something, he goes down a little more easier. So you'd have to work on those yards after contact. Um, one of the th- – yeah, I know we don't like doing comps, but I do have comps for the next two people because I found this one interesting. Was his comp was Miles Sanders. So for where people have him getting drafted, if he turned out to be that kind of player, that would be pretty good. It was funny. Like the first, like the first four or five things you said, you could have just been reading right out of my notebook. So good job <laughs> on Eric Gray. <laughs> Simon, who is your number nine? Number nine, I have Sean Tucker. All right, that's your guy. So talk about Sean Tucker. Yeah, so Sean Tucker is almost kind of the same as Tajay Spears. They're both like these guys that have pretty good. Uh, pass catching ability both can turn up the field and run um 
he has good initial burst and good uh, lateral quickness to get outside and make sharp cuts. But his slight build, uh, he's just not going to be an in-between tackles runner either. And sometimes he has decisiveness issues at, at the line of scrimmage, which causes him to miss holes or, you know, just dance around in the back backfield a little bit, get tackled on the line of scrimmage. All right. Uh, number nine is where I have Eric Gray. So you're not super high on him, Brian. You're, uh, you're in a fair spot, right. I'd say. Uh, Jake, who's your number nine? Dwayne McBride. All right. Bryant, who is your number nine? Is he a bandaconda? All right, I like it. Um, Simon, who's your number 10? I don't even have him. Okay. Uh, I have shit, I had a number three. I'm apparently way high on a bandaconda. Uh, I have Tank Bigsby. All right. He didn't make my list, so. All right. Uh, my number 10, that's where I have Zach Evans. Um he to me he's kind of a mix of Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon a little bit. I'm not sure if you guys feel the same way. Yeah, I like him. Yeah. All right. Jake, who is your number 10? I have Deuce Vaughn, baby. All right. That's your guy. He's too small yeah. for me to list. Me too. I like him, but he's too small. <laughs> so the first thing I wrote down is he may Damn be trolls. small in size, <laughs> but he's not small at heart. I'll tell you that right now. Um, Little Giants. All right. I like it. <laughs> 2021, he had over 1,400 rush yards and 18 touchdowns and 49 receptions. 2022, he had over 1,500 rush yards and 42 receptions. So this guy is also a dual threat. He is tiny at 5'5", 170 pounds. But maybe, you know, like they say with, with the tiny running backs, he can just hide behind the offensive line and find the hole. And if you have good blocking, you know, maybe – Maybe it happens. I'm not sure, but uh, I think. That, Why did we never put Nate Nate Robinson at running back? <laughs> I just think he's explosive in the open field. He can he can catch. He's not gonna be in for passing, you know, pass blocking situations. I wouldn't think. Uh, he's basically gonna be a receiver. He's gonna be getting the ball at some point. So, um, are you serious? Nobody would want that player. I don't know. Deuce Vaughn might might find a, a niche. Steve uh, brought up the guy that I brought up immediately. Darren Sproles, yeah. He does like, have experience as a kick returner. Yeah. He did some kickoffs in college. So wasn't yeah. wasn't Danny yeah. Woodhead off? Steve said it. Too, I was thinking maybe it. Maybe not that small, but yeah. Steve said it. I was thinking it. Darren Sproles. That sounded like that sounds like him. Um Brian, who's your number 10? My number 10 is Keandre Miller. Okay. Uh, Simon, who is your number 11? I have Deuce Vaughn. All right. I have, I have Chase Brown, number 11. I think he's kind of slept on a little bit. He had a 962 RAS. He was second team All-American. Uh, 1,643 rushing yards. Nine straight 100-yard games. He has good balance. Um and NFL.com tabbed him as a player who could be a candidate for an expanded role in the pass game. So I have Chase Brown, number 11. Jake, who is your number 11? I have Keaton Mitchell. All right. Brian, who is your number 11? Tank Bigsby. He didn't make my list. Um, Simon, who is your number 12? I have Eric Gray. Number 12 is where I have Brian's guy, Mo Ibrahim. The Minnesota running back. Jake, who is your number 12? 
Keandre Miller. All right. Bryant, who's your number 12? Sean Tucker. All right. Sean Tucker, I have at number 13. Simon, who's your number 13? Chase Brown. Ha-ha. <laughs> so I have, <laughs> I have Sean Tucker at number 13. Um, I'm going to save this for when I get to my number 14, but um, Sean Tucker strikes me as a first and second down running back who could do well to be paired with another running back. So, Jake, who is your number 13? I have Chase Brown, and I agree with you. He's being slept on a little bit. Yeah. Uh, he, he whooped some ass against Michigan in Michigan, and he kicked Wisconsin's ass in Wisconsin. I was happy. Yeah, that, game. that was yeah. the game that, that turned the tie for us. So, kind of thank you, Chase Brown, for letting us get Luke Fickle. Touche. <laughs> See what you did there. I'm with it. Bryant, who is your number 13? Keaton Mitchell. Okay. Bryant, sorry, Simon, number 14. Kenny McIntosh. Kenny McIntosh. All right. Um, Steve, I'm getting to him right now. Number 14 is where I have Roshan Johnson. That is my, my last guy. Now, he is the guy that I would want to pair with Sean Tucker. Now, in a situation where, say, the Packers just go nuclear for next year and they move on from Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon, I don't think it's going to happen, but I think it is a possibility so they could go with Sean Tucker and Roshan Johnson, use Johnson as the third down, the A.J. Dillon, quote-unquote, guy, and basically do what they did when they drafted Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams in the same draft and just have two guys for the next four years that you use in tandem. Sean Tucker is your first and second down guy. Roshan Johnson is your third guy. He's an absolute tank. He is six foot 219 at an AO9 RAS. Um, I think he would actually pair really well with Sean Tucker. He makes good cuts for a big guy. He actually has good hands. Only one career fumble as well for Roshan Johnson. Um, he is very A.J. Dillon-like, and I think I really like the idea of potentially pairing Sean Tucker and Roshan Johnson should the Packers have the idea at all of potentially moving on from both 28 and 33 next year. Um, so, Steve, to answer your question – the pound the table guy for me, it's Roshan Johnson. He's just a he's just a tank of a dude. Um, and when when Simon was talking about Bijan Robinson and some of the some of the struggles, I do think part of it is Texas's offensive line because Roshan Johnson had some of the similar struggles actually with the offensive line. So um, yes, he is he's a tank, but he's not named Tank, not like some of the other guys. Um, <laughs> Sam said, "I like our running back." Uh, I think you meant to say Goodson. Uh, Tyler Goodson will get a shot to make the roster as the third running back this year. I mean, he'll have a chance. I mean, there's no Kylan Hill. So, I mean, we'll see what happens if he can make the roster this year as a as a third guy. Um, Jake, who is your uh, number Patrick? Three? Patrick Taylor, yep. Oh, yeah, Patrick Taylor, yeah. yeah. I'm not sure. He's. I don't know if he's, he's under contract. Yeah, he, okay. I believe it, yeah. Uh, well, then, I mean, those two will probably be competing in preseason. Because Jones and Dylan aren't going to play preseason, I don't think. Well, no, maybe, him, maybe on, a on series. Squad, cut him, put him back on the practice squad. Elevate him to the active roster, cut him, practice squad. Yeah. Um, Jake, who's your number 14? I have Kenny McIntosh down here. Uh, Man, that's where I've be. seen him. That's where I've seen him in a lot of places. I just, yeah, I'm, I'm high on him because I think he's got great dual threat ability. But, uh, Brian, who's your number 14? Kenny McIntosh. Okay. Uh, I, I guess. 
Simon, who's your number 15? Last one. Keaton Mitchell. All right. My number 15, that's where I have Kendra Miller. Um, I just want to say this, like we, like Bryant said this already, we don't do a ton of, of comparisons, but to me, when I watched Kendra Miller, like he runs like Marshawn Lynch. Oh, okay. I'm not saying he's going to be the next Marshawn Lynch, but that's, that's who his style reminds me of. Oh no. I, I just like the, the comparison. That's good. <laughs> All right. Jake, who's your number 15? I have uh, Mohamed Ibrahim. Okay. So, uh, Bryant, who is your number 15? That's where I have Mo Ibrahim. And, right. and I honestly, I could have put him higher, but the reason I wanted to pick this player is I, could, I can remember in 2021, I was sitting in a bar in North Dakota, you know, just chilling with some people. And I remember the Ohio State and Minnesota game was on. And I remember watching Mo Ibrahim play, and I was like, who is this dude? So I went back and I looked at the stats. And that game, that was a game he tore his Achilles towards the end of the game. He had 160 yards and two touchdowns against Ohio State, and we're, Minnesota was given for a run for their money. Now, the the crazy thing about this, I was like, okay, let me look into him more. I don't know how much you looked into his uh, stats, Tyler. This um, guy, he had 19 straight from 2020 to 2022, 19 straight 100-yard games, and then he scored 37 touchdowns in his last 20 games. Do you guys know which team stopped you know his last his last regular season game. Who stopped him from? Um, Just take a stab at it. Yeah, Wisconsin, right? <laughs> Wisconsin stopped him from getting twenty straight one hundred yard games. And I think he had like didn't he have like ninety eight? Seventy. He only had seventy. You guys kind oh, of oh really? It was only seventy. Something damn. like that. But he, I have to go back so and everyone's like my notebook to find you know, that, but I thought he was There's concern that he, you know, could have been coming off injury. Well, he tore his Achilles. In 2021, he ran for 1,600 yards last year. So I think uh, we're probably clear on that. So, and looking at NFL.com, they're comp to him, Damian Pierce. Damian and people Pierce. are rating this dude at yeah. 15, like uh, out of running backs. If you you tell me you get Damian, I'm not saying that's what he'll end up being, but he's a, I think he um, could be a steal in like the sixth or seventh round if Green Bay takes him, if he's still sitting there. Uh, he's difficult to bring down one on one because he's elusive, yep. uh, he works in space. And he can use his offhand well to like, uh, you know, stiff arm and get pe- knock people's arms on, down and whatnot. Uh, he can lay the wood a little bit too. Yeah, exactly. He's got surprising straight, uh, you know, straight line speed. He's five eight, but he's two hundred and three pounds. So some of these other guys you see two three inches taller around the same height. So he's definitely got some muscle on him. Um, so he he is a physical runner. So um, the biggest knock on him was basically that he hadn't shown much in the receiving game, which. You know, it's hard to knock people. Minnesota, Minnesota had Minnesota's horrible not, quarterback yeah. play the last they're, several years. They're not the team that's going to throw a lot to the the running back either. So you know, kind of like everyone was knocking AJ Dillon coming out. Look at he he turned into a fine receiver. It just needs practice. Yeah. And then his indecisiveness at the line of scrimmage a little bit, but it's not like you know. Granted, you know, one of our top safeties was I mean centers. Excuse me, top center was out of Minnesota. When we were doing the other linemen, did any of us have any, you know, Minnesota linemen anywhere near the top 10, 15, 20 players? Probably not, other than the center. So, um, I don't know. I just like him a lot. I think he could end up being a really good player for for a team that gets him, and I kind of would love to see us take him in, like, the sixth round. Tyler, who who is that uh, that right tackle from Minnesota last year? That, like, 400-pound dude. I can't think of his name. Was it Fa'alele? Yeah, dude, yeah. <laughs> fucking massive human being. <laughs> so let me let me pose Steve's question to you guys. Steve asks really good questions, so I like when he watches the show. Yeah. Um, 
I think so. I I said Roshan Johnson. I do think Kendra Miller is a guy who could use the pound the table type guy. He's a guy that could wear it on the defense. But looking at your guys' your your top fifteen running backs, who is a guy that you would use as like a pound the table to use Steve's quote or like a wear down the defense guy? Um, Simon, go ahead. You're you're the first guy. So wear down the defense or guy? I I would just love to see on our team. I would go. Let's answer Steve's question. So a uh, wear oh, down yeah. the defense guy specifically. Oh, uh, that's a tough one. Uh, I do Should like come back to a lot. <laughs> Mine would be Dwayne McBride. Okay, I like yeah. it. That's how I would have Jake, to what say. about you? Is this a cop out if I just say Bijan Robinson because he's the best? <laughs> yeah, in the draft, dude. No, I'm trying is not it to say that. He, he can do so it all, obvious, right? He can but... wear you down between the tackles. Yeah. He can go outside. He can, he can make you miss. That'll piss you off. That'll wear you out. I'll tell you that. Is that um, a cop out answer? I forgot to mention this when we talked about Bijan. He had zero drops in 2022. Bro, yeah. he does everything. I'm telling yeah. you, you're like, wear it on the defense. <laughs> I'm just going to go to number one. <laughs> um, Steve said his question was more about the guy you have to draft. So, you know, if there's a guy specifically that you're kind of looking at, maybe I guess let's let's throw it to who is your best value pick if we're looking in the middle rounds? Because that's why uh, Bill said he was going to say McBride. Also, um, we all agreed that the Packers probably weren't going to be looking at any of the top five guys. So, looking in the five to fifteen range. Um, who is the guy that you're looking in at that five to 15 range that potentially puts the best value? Mine would be Eric Gray. Eric Gray. Probably. I'm with that. McBride if he falls low enough, but Eric Gray. Eric Gray is a good one. We have to take draft stock into consideration, right? Like where yeah. they're going right. to be drafted. I'm not going to lie. This fucking hurts to say. I, I am kind of high on Chase Brown. I think Chase Brown, he's really I'm with you on it. Field. Like, it sucks because he's from Illinois, but I think he could actually turn into a pretty good player in the NFL. I'm I'm with you on Chase Brown. That's a really good one. Greg gave love to my boy. Uh, yeah, Greg said Deuce Vaughn, wicked little speedster. All right. We have tight ends next week, Cody. I was just gonna pull it up oh, to, to yeah. for sure lay it out. What uh, what else we're doing with tight ends? That was uh, my... safeties, <laughs> safeties, and tight ends. Yeah, that was my most excited like episode because that's two of our biggest needs, and that's the one. Yup, I think I'm gonna be missing. sorry. Steve said, given our running back strength, I'd only be upset if we pass the potential stud somewhere after round five. Um. I would say the third round for me is when I'm going to start maybe looking at uh, looking if at someone backs. seriously good as dropping the long there. One yeah. in the third round. Yeah, we'll take someone like Deuce Vaughn in the third round. Hey, <laughs> I would. I mean, Jake, would you would you take Chase Brown in the fifth or the fourth? Sorry, the fourth. Would you do Chase Brown in the fourth? I would take him in the fourth round. Yeah, I mean, Lafleur's talked about having three good running backs, right? So. True. Chase Brown, he could turn into that third good running back. And like we've said before, uh, when we drafted A.J. Dillon, we, there was contract issues that we were talking about with right. Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams. So this is no new territory for the Packers. They're probably drafting a running back. And they drafted one in the second round the last time, I remember. So right. like, well, 
this is a contract year for AJ Dillon, and we probably can't keep Aaron Jones on and our. Aaron Jones is cap a probable next cap casualty next. Wow. So, so is Bakhtiari. He's scheduled yeah. to make forty million dollars. Right. Year. Yeah. So, so yeah. there's a very high chance that we do pick someone in the top three or four rounds. I think right around that. I don't think we yeah. necessarily now if Beyond Robinson is there at freaking fifteen, or we trade. Oh, I'm going to be so tempted. I'd be it, so tempted. Or if we trade down to like twenty, and, and we're like, well, let's just see, and then he drops there or something. I mean, like. Sure, go for it at that point. Let's let's say let's say somebody wants to trade up to fifteen to draft, say Hendon Hooker, for example. Okay. Don't know. And Assuming say we trade Richardson's back gone, to that'd be like the fifth wide uh, quarterback at that point, right? Right. I'm trying to think of a team that would do it from the back of the draft. Chris like, oh, no, we don't want to trade with Minnesota, but like Minnesota yeah. is that team that I could see taking Hendon Hooker because they can wait it. the year for him to heal. And still have competent quarterback play. Um, Sam said, gonna... "15 pick Miles Murphy, edge rusher. Uh, edge is going to be in the April 14th show, so we will be covering edge and defensive linemen on April 14th. Uh, next week, April 7th is going to be safeties and tight ends." Uh, Cody said, "He others may disagree, but I think Kincaid is the best tight end." Um, We'll see what happens with tight ends, but as far as we as far as tight ends go, I do not have any interest in drafting Michael Mayer number fifteen. No, me neither. I would me honestly me rather draft Kincaid, and I would actually rather draft Arnell Washington than Michael Mayer at fifteen. Hundred um, percent. Cody said, "I think Tampa is getting Bijan. That would be interesting." Are they got rid of Lenny? Yeah, it'll be interesting. Um, Whoever is getting him is getting a star. It's locked and loaded. He's going to be a star. That's why it's good for us. Like, what about Vegas? Richardson that... trading back into the first for Hooker. Okay, that's a possibility. Sam, the problem yeah, is with Arnold Washington. With he's a... going to make it to our second pick. Oh no, they got Jimmy Garoppolo. But um, what I, what that's why it's so inter- it's good for us that Richardson had such a really good pro day because I think there's a really high chance at least four quarterbacks go before we pick now, and if we do do a pick swap, yep. you're talking about at 13, there's only there's that's we get that what eighth best player. I've seen us I've seen people trading up in mock drafts now and having like someone like Devon Witherspoon falling to us, which would be really interesting pick. But at that point, if you're doing best player available and you really like him, so it could be it could be a really interesting draft. And I honestly think it could be setting up for us taking a position that no one thought we might take, like a cornerback or something. We'll see what happens. So, but the, the the good thing is we can go anywhere. Like I was watching Jordan think? Madison tape earlier, highlights earlier, and I'm like, oh, he's so good, and he can just get open. And then, but obviously, JSN is really good, so it's it's going to be really interesting. What do you think if, say, the Packers did end up with 13 and they got Devon Witherspoon? What do you think about maybe trying Rasul Douglas at safety and telling Darnell Savage to kick rocks? I think I think Matt LaFleur pretty much put an end to that. I think he said he's playing outside. So that's why right. I like, I'm like, I don't think we go Devon Witherspoon there because where do we play? I, him I agree. When I think if we get 13 back, and there's like, a bunch of quarterbacks running. taken, I think that's where potentially Quentin Johnson could fall to 13. Yeah. Otherwise, I do think Quentin Johnson's probably going to be top ten. I think so. I could see Tennessee taking him. You know, and and if someone like Philadelphia does end up taking a, because I've seen Quentin Johnson mock to them, you know they're already really deep at 
wide receiver. Um, but, oh, fuck. That would be insane. Yeah, but that's where it's like if Whoa. they take someone, you know, if they reach for a Brian Branch or if they take someone like um, Beyond Robinson there, it's just going to continue to drop. Dude, them with A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, and fucking Quentin Johnson, that would be a problem. Yeah, I can't imagine that. <laughs> Johnson on the outside, Smith on the inside. Yeah, well, you can just lock and load that Philly's running three wide receiver sets every single fucking play. <laughs> <laughs> All right. The ball, though, too. Yeah, is there any anything else you guys want to say on the subject of linebackers and running backs? No, man. All right. So I want to thank everybody for commenting along, sticking with us, um, and adding thoughts in here. Um, we will post each of our individual ranks for linebackers and running backs and then also do a consensus. So if you're interested in, um, in seeing those, you can follow us on Wisco Fanatics, and those will all get posted to our Facebook, Instagram, Twitter pages and stuff. Um, next week we will be back again, part four of the draft series. Next week is going to be safeties. And tight ends definitely going to be some good, some good talk in that one, as far as as how the draft is going to shake out in the depth of those positions. So, and like Bryant said, with those being positions of need for the Packers, I think next week is going to be a really good one with safeties and tight ends. So again, thanks everybody for commenting along. Thank you, Steve, for asking good questions, guys, for for adding in thoughts and comments. We appreciate it, and we will be back next Friday, and Jake and I will be back on Wednesday.